The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. Morning, church. Morning. Welcome. We are glad you're here. Let me join my voice with Celeste Dvorak in welcoming uh, our visitors. Uh, when I travel to Africa, sometimes I go to church and it's raining there, and uh, my African brothers and sisters uh, remind me that um, good friends like rain are a blessing. Good friends from afar like rain are a blessing. So we have some uh, friends from afar who are here apparently uh, because it uh, was raining as you came. So we're so thrilled that you're here with us and, and we hope that you're encouraged uh, by your time at the Springs this morning and uh, that your time around the table was a, was a place where you could receive uh, the grace of God and, and the fellowship of, of your brothers and sisters this morning. And this morning we are going to be talking about uh, God's grace. Have you ever tried to fully seek, I mean really understand the immensity of God's grace. You know, I'm talking about just the overwhelming fullness of God's loving kindness and mercy. The amazing beauty and elegance of God's divine favor and goodwill is just a fantastic thing to consider. Grace is that freely given gift that our Father just richly bestows on us because we're treasured by Him. I've gone through seasons in my life where I've really tried to intentionally seek to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ that Paul mentions in Ephesians verse three. And I guess I've been in that season again as God has been stirring this message in my spirit, but as, as Paul notes, it, it's a love that surpasses knowledge. Now, I'll tell you, I've, I've considered that it, this may be an ill-advised way to begin a sermon, uh, to state that I have a hard time fully understanding what I'm talking about. But is there anything more wonderful than the grace of God? You know, the series that Ben and Brett have been leading us through is really helping us begin to grasp the beauty of God's grace in the spirit-powered gospel of Luke. And, you know, Springs Church, I just want to say that Ben and Brett's work in our church family has been really shaping for me personally. And uh, I'm, I'm really thankful, uh, Ben and Brett, wherever you, wherever you guys are, I'm really thankful for you, brothers, and the ways that you've opened your hearts and your minds to the word of God and that... And, uh, the way you share that with us. So we, uh, Brett and Ben, we say thank you for that. 
Well, while we may wrestle with having a full understanding, this morning I do want us to see what we do know about God's grace. In almost every encounter in Luke's gospel, you get a sense for God's relentless pursuit of his people. You know, God is pursuing us because he loves us. That's not just a simplistic statement or or some platitude. This is core for us. God is pursuing you because he loves you. And I hope that you have a very real sense of that this morning as we consider Luke chapter eight, which is a chapter that's just filled with terrific encounters uh, between Jesus and others. In Luke eight, Jesus shares some teaching about seeds and soil and light shining in the darkness. In Luke eight, there is a fantastic telling of Jesus calming a storm when he's in a boat with some of his disciples. And when they are rightfully expressing their fear and concern, he asks them this incredibly piercing question, where is your faith? And in Luke 8, Jesus does three spectacular miracles of healing. He heals a demon-possessed man. He heals a sick woman. And then to cap it all off, Jesus raises a dead girl back to life. You know, just your typical chapter when you roll with Jesus. <laughs> you know, I'd love to be able to focus on each of those encounters. And honestly, um, I had a hard time uh, choosing just one that I wanted to preach because it's just, this chapter is packed with good things. But let me say that this chapter, Luke 8, may be a good one for you to, to soak in this week. You know, just spend some time reading Luke 8 and praying about what God wants to teach you through it because there is, there is a lot to absorb there. But for today, I want us to see some of the broader themes in those passages that point us to an understanding of God's grace. First, I hope you'll see that God's grace is at work in you. God's grace is at work in you. Now, we've already said this morning that God is pursuing you because, because he loves you. This must be a crucial touch point for us. It's essential that we understand that God's love and mercy and grace and goodness is for me. You know, we must know that we know that we know that. God in his bountiful mercy and love sent Jesus for you. He wants you. God wants you. He never stops wanting you. You can't get the end of God's love and grace. And he stays with us when we stop hoping. His grace is the warmth when we're sitting out in the cold. God's grace is the water that we thirst for. God's grace is for you. In each of the stories in Luke 8, Jesus' teaching 
and rescuing and saving and cleansing and healing and life-giving touch is God's grace at work in the lives of those people. You know, he teaches us and he admonishes us because he loves us. He rescues us in the middle of the storm because he loves us. He wants us to listen and receive what he has for us because he loves us. He heals because he loves us. But my very strong hunch is that in the middle of the storms and the tragedies that we see in Luke 8 is that it would be very challenging for many of us to say that we sense God's presence or to say that we feel his grace. You know, the disciples in the boat were terrified of drowning and they were gripped with fear. And, you know, some of us here this morning, we're in the middle of storms that are filled with, with fear and despair. And some of our brothers and sisters in this room this morning, they know the gut-wrenching, disorienting pain that Jarius and his wife had when they lost their daughter. You know, I'm mindful that we have people here this morning who are in very different places. You know, we have brothers and sisters who are experiencing a season of joy and refreshing. So acknowledging God's God's goodness and God's grace, that happens more, more readily. But I also know that there are some of us here who are just kind of holding on by a very thin thread, just wondering where God is in the midst of the storm. Friends, if you leave here this morning with nothing else, take this truth with you. God loves you. Whatever is happening in your life, believe that. God loves you. Put your anchor there. God loves you. You know, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of every other season of life, as we sang this morning, God loves you, and his grace is at work in you. And as your church family, we do pray for God's healing and refreshing and joy to come to you in ways that, that draws you ever nearer to him. God's grace is at work in you. Second, I hope we can see that God's grace is at work through you. You know, we have many examples of that in the Gospel of Luke, and once again, let me encourage you and your reading is, as you read this week to look for the ways that God will show you how he works through you. But I want us to take just a few minutes this morning to acknowledge how that is happening in our church. You know, some of the most wonderful blessings uh, that we have when we uh, live in the house of God, when we live with God's family, is how his grace comes to us through his people. Now, I realize I have a little bit of a unique window into what that looks like 
uh, for our church family because I have breakfast each morning with the executive minister. You know, church, I think it's only fair that, that you should know that you are the topic of uh, many of our breakfast conversations, you know, but I, I wish you could be there with us. Um, I'm so encouraged by the stories that Kelly shares with me about the ways that you love each other and uh, the ways that you help each other and the ways that you, you serve each other and the ways that you share the love of Jesus with our community. So if you, if you ever need to be encouraged about the many ways that God is at work in our church family, have a conversation with Kelly or, or folks, look, just look around and see what he's doing through his people here. And when I walked in this morning, there were people greeting me and receiving me with, with warmth and welcome. Greeting team, that's God's grace at work through you. Should notice the people who are joyfully teaching us and our children's classes Teaching team, that's, that's God's grace at work through you. You know, I see every Sunday people preparing and serving us communion. Communion team, that's God's grace at work through you. Um, and as we saw again this morning, we are the beneficiaries each week of just talented people sharing their gifts and leading us in worship. Worship team, that's God's grace at work through you. You know, we've got people here that are tirelessly organizing events to help us deepen uh, our fellowship here. There are others who care about our safety and our convenience, people who are taking care of our transportation needs, people who are cleaning up after potlucks, people who are praying for you. You know, I could just go on and on and on of what's happening. That's God's grace at work through you. But I don't want to fail to mention our shepherd couples and our, our ministry staff. And I want to say to you, the way that you, you serve us and our church family is, is, is very humbling. And uh, when you serve our church family, God's grace is at work through you. We praise God for that. Everyone who's here this morning, when, when you serve our church or if you're serving in the community, that's God's grace at work through you. But let's also remind ourselves that we don't have to get to a certain threshold of Christian maturity before God's grace can work through us, right? Um, because it's not about us. Isn't that right? I mean, it's not about your reputation. It's not about your skill set. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 2 tells us it's not about our persuasive words of wisdom, but it's God's Spirit at work through you. A few years ago, I heard someone who was sharing about a friend of his who, had a very, uh, who was very flawed and had significant challenges in his life. And he was sharing that his friend had an impact um, in his life and the life of others in spite of those challenges. And he said something uh, that was very shaping uh, for me. He said, 
in God's great garden of grace, even broken trees bear fruit. Let me just share a little confessionally this morning that I went to my office very early this morning uh, to continue to pray and and prepare. Um, And when I came to this point, as I was thinking this through, I I became very emotional. Um, And you can tell I'm kind of working hard to tamp it down just a little bit. But that's unusual for me. In fact, I... Uh, it, it surprised me. My response surprised me uh, a little bit. And I had to walk around a while to compose myself. And as I was thinking about uh, why my, I reacted that way, I realized it because I was, I was thinking about my brother, Sean. Now, Sean uh, is not a brother by birth. I first met him when I was in the seventh grade. Um, Sean lived in a foster group home And uh, I got to know Sean in class, but where I really got to know Sean was uh, we would play school sports together. Well, because he was in a foster group home, there was nobody to take him home after practice or games or things like that. So my family kind of became the default taxi for Sean, and and that's where our friendship really sparked. We'd take him home, we'd take him to eat, and and that's where Sean and I became became close. one night when I was about 14, my, my dad and I came home from a hockey game and, and we walked into the house and my mother met us at the door and she said, John, I need you to go downstairs. Sean's down there and, and uh, said to my dad, Bark, I need you to come on upstairs and visit with you for a minute. So I went down and, and I, I go into the living room and Sean's laying on the couch, has a, has a blanket around him and is drinking some milk that my mother had warmed for him. Uh, Sean had been kicked out of the group home that he was in, and it was in the middle of winter in Canada, and so he walked uh, about five or six miles to, um, to our house. He had nowhere else to go. He came to our house, and, um, and uh, so he, he spent the night with us. And you know, to, make a, to make a long story short, short, Sean ended up living with our family for the next two or three years. Um, you know, Sean, Sean was a survivor, um, Sean was, was a scrappy kid, which is a kind way of saying he was pretty mouthy. And, um, but, but we grew to love Sean, and Sean grew to love our family. And uh, he ended up leaving our family and moved away, and we lost touch for about 25-plus years. Because he moved away, uh, he dealt with some significant substance abuse, um, got in trouble with the law, more times than he can count. But a few years ago, he reached out to my parents and, and they put him in contact with me. And almost weekly, I get a phone call from Sean these days. Now, he's, he's still living with many challenges, but he calls me almost every week and he spends most of that time encouraging me. You know? Most week, he asks me, Johnny, what was the sermon on Sunday? So Brett and Ben, you are preaching to a guy in Ottawa, Canada, and you didn't even know it. In my life, God's grace is at work through Sean Hines. The reality is, we're all broken trees. Right? We're all scarred in some way, bent over by the storms of life. But God's grace is more than sufficient to work through you.
God's grace is at work in you. God's grace is at work through you. But God's grace is at work through us. Now, you can call this divine synergy. You know, synergy is that idea that we can do more together than we can individually. You know, the sum of what we do together is greater than both of us working individually. For the mathematicians and scientists in the house, you know, the heavenly math on this is one plus one is greater than two. You know, or as Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am with them. You know, we can see time and again in the Gospel of Luke where God's Spirit empowers His people living and serving together beyond what they can ask or imagine. We see that in our church family here too. God takes what you do, God takes what you do, God takes what you do, and you do, God takes what you do, and he multiplies that goodness, his goodness, for his glory. One of my favorite Bible scholars from Iowa, if you can figure out who that is, says the Bible has to be understood communally or in community, which can be a challenge for us in our uh, individual exalting culture. But this is a really, really important point that I hope we see here. Yes, God's grace is at work in you and God's grace is at work through you, but you are a part of a community of faith. And God uses humble obedience of his people together with all the saints to accomplish his purposes. Springs Church, when we gather, grow, and go together, God's grace is at work through us. In our families, in our neighborhoods, in our cities, and in the world. I want to share with you this morning a special way uh, that that is happening. We, we have a, a unique moment because we have many of the ministry team and the board of directors of the Let's Start Talking ministry who are worshiping with us this morning. Now, this group of people, and they're sitting kind of throughout the, throughout the uh, auditorium here, but this group of people are some amazing servants who work tirelessly to share Jesus and uh, with people around the world. Now, if you're new to the Springs, um, you may not fully be aware of this, but we're, we are a part of the work uh, that they do through the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The Springs Church has a strong history of fellowship and partnership with the Let's Start Talking ministry, and I don't have time to share all of that history with you, but almost from the earliest beginnings of the Let's Start Talking ministry, there were Quail Springs Church of Christ members involved. So for nearly 40 years, the Let's Start Talking ministry has been equipping thousands of Christians to work with mission churches around the world and in local communities in the U.S. to share Jesus. It's, it is one of the most effective ministries that I know that helps Christians share their faith and the story of Jesus with non-Christian people in almost every setting that you can imagine, a post-Christian Europe, 
non-Christian countries in Asia like China and Japan, um, predominantly Muslim countries like Jordan and Turkey, and now Muslim refugees that are just flooding Europe. They have worked in, in, I don't know, more than 60 countries, I think, or around the world. And they are sending, they are preparing and sending hundreds of people every year Hundreds of people every year that spend thousands and thousands of hours reading the Bible with non-Christian people. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. And over the years, there have been many Quail Springs, and now Springs members have gone on Let's Start Talking mission projects to mission sites of our own missionaries, as Celeste was sharing uh, earlier, um, but other mission churches as well. In fact, when our youth group Uh, went to Belgium two summers ago. They were trained to share their faith um, through the Young Friends effort. Uh, And uh, Celeste mentioned, just this fall, we have begun our Friends Speak effort right here uh, in this location where we're using Let's Start Talking materials and training to share our faith and the story of Jesus with with non-English speakers in our community. Now, we're in the very early stages of this effort, but we're already seeing some things that have us wondering uh, about how God is gonna use this. Um, One of the people who is reading the Gospel of Luke with one of our members is from North Korea. She's a woman that's been in the country just, just a few weeks, and we are some of the first people to receive and, and help her. Two Fridays ago, she had dinner um, in our home. It was her first time to be in an American and half Canadian uh, home with, with a group of Springs members who were listening to her uh, and sharing with her and, and loving her. Church, what's God going to do with that? Well, God is using the Let's Start Talking ministry to shape our church. Uh, It's been an important way for the love and grace and mercy of God to be at work in us and through us. But let's not miss that through our shared fellowship in the gospel with them, that God's grace is at work through us in all the places where God is sending his people through Let's Start Talking. We are part of God's bringing uh, his love to many others around the world that we'll never meet because we're laboring and sharing and in fellowship with them. And Let's Start Talking, brothers and sisters who are here this morning. We want to say thank you in in what you're doing. God's grace is at work through us. Through us. So let's be encouraged by that this morning and let's stand and, and continue to worship.